Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a very tall leader from the world of banking from Mumbai, India, Dr. Anil K. Khandelwal. Sir, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Mr. Ashutosh. It is indeed a privilege Thank to you. be on your show. Thank you. Dr. Khandelwal is the former chairman and managing director of Bank of Baroda, and he's an author. And all of you know, I'm always very partial to authors. He's an author of a book titled Dare to Lead, and we'll talk about his book. Dr. Khandelwal is a celebrated thought leader who transformed one of India's largest public sector banks, Bank of Baroda, into a truly global brand in just three years. And given his track record, he has been recognized and felicitated several times. So, sir, before we talk about Bank of Baroda, tell me a little bit about your own amazing journey. Yeah, my journey has been quite checkered and I passed through the tunnels of crucibles of life. Mm. I passed out uh, as a chemical engineer mm -hmm. uh, way back and then turned to banking, got fed up, got to human resource function mm -hmm. for many, many years, went to then banking operations and then eventually occupied the position of CEO. Wow. So in some sense, uh, they went on the way many learnings that one get out of this kind of career. Incredible. And, you know, I don't think there'd be anyone who has not seen the transformation of Bank of Baroda. But given the fact that it is a public sector bank, you function in a very constrained environment. Change of the CEO every three to four years, change of board, change of the minister, change of the bureaucrats, issues of autonomy, in a risk-averse culture. And of course, you did not have the compensations or the incentives like a private sector bank has. What was your motivation to take this incredible transformation and this incredible risk? I'm very honest with you. I won't be able to answer this question except that it was a call of conscience. Mm. I think leadership is not a job. Mm. It is a responsibility. Right. And when you are chosen to lead 40,000 employees mm. and millions of your customers, mm. this responsibility is the main trigger for your motivation to lead. Mm. And at that time, everything is secondary. Mm. Amazing. Well said. Well said. So let me now ask you a few questions of leadership and then I'll come to your book. Yeah. As the CMD... What were some of the your, some of the key challenges you faced when you started the transformation? Look here, I have been an insider. I joined the bank in 1971 mm. and with a little gap of four years once and one year when I went as chairman of Dena Bank. Mm. I've been an insider. Mm. And there are this is a great bank Absolutely. set up by Maharaja of Baroda, who is known for his reforms mm. uh, and all that. And it was set up as a community bank which survived mm. 100 years. And therefore, and there are phases and I joined as CEO mm. at a time when a sturdy aircraft was mm. suddenly losing height. Mm. And it was in the midst of turbulence created mm. by external environment, mm. but more than external environment and competitive reality, 
there have been lot of internal problem when you start celebrating the complacency itself mm. so wherever you go so we are a great bank mm. we are doing very well because 3000 branches across down they will not know mm. and i think all of us indian ceos they don't like to share the the downhill story Correct. or the negative story mm. so i used to call my people there there seems to be collective conspiracy for complacency mm. that we think we are great but we are not mm. so therefore that one my challenge was that the business was getting down we were not in technology and there were whole number of internal constraints mm. and stone walling industrial relations environment mm. that was the trigger and that was the challenge that i had how amazing how amazing and sir can you talk a little bit about the importance of fostering innovation and adaptability within a traditional organization very good question i should say you see as long as you uphold the traditional values mm. and do not indulge in creative destruction of those values mm. you can innovate right but if you are wholesale lock stock and barrel try to demolish that traditional values mm. and this since this bank of baroda started as a community bank and the service was the value mm. as long as you retain that it the innovations are never a problem right. and that is uh, that is what we achieved mm. we undertook several innovations because mm. we were thinking why should somebody come and open an account in bank of baroda mm. i was asking my people mm. why mm. when there are so many banks icici hdfc mm. private so what what is it and then we came for major innovations like atm to atpm banking like mm. 24 hour human banking mm. like gen next branches because right. youngsters of india were not banking with public sector bank yes. and i used yes. to say light heartedly that we have become uncle and daddy's bank <laughs> okay and uh. and we went for then a major strategy for uh. and i must say with great satisfaction mm. that our innovations created very very many positive business absolutely outcomes. i remember your campaigns very clearly but so also talk to me a little bit about the role of effective communication in leadership because that's something you must have done extensively within your team and how did it contribute to achieving your strategic goals although talking about communication looks very trite in mm. the normal sense mm. but believe me this is the magic band correct this is the magic mm. how do you reach out in a geographically dispersed branches 3000 in number to 40000 people mm. how does a man somewhere in dumki in bihar gets a message what you are thinking mm. how does somebody gets in assam a message that bank is experiencing turbulence and we need to come together mm. i think this was very much part of our transformation right. so the, in the first 100 days of my joining i had about 20 town halls across the country wow and these town halls were not designed to communicate management philosophy but as listening forums mm. 
for a change because people are accustomed to listen to talk. We are doing this. You must work hard. You must do that. You have the end of of it. When mm. I was a junior officer, I never mm. liked all these sermons. Mm. So these were listening forums. Mm. And believe me, Ashutoshi, the kind of feedback I got, my eyes were opened. Mm. And if I, I'll, during the journey, I'll share one or two. And if you permit me, I can share one or two. It opened. I, I tell you the real wisdom is in yeah. the field, not yeah. in the corporate yeah. office. Yeah. For example, in Jaipur Town Hall, one of the young girl, 22-year-old, 23-year-old girl told me, Sir, we are doing well, our credit, this, that. But can I ask you a question? I mm. said, very much. Mm. She says that we do not seem to have a car loan policy. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have because at that time, private banks were lock, stock and barrel doing car loan. And mm. we couldn't have, you know, follow those kind of procedures. Mm. She gave me an insight I have never forgotten. Mm. She said, sir, we have SME loan. We have retail loan. We have this. For the car loan, we are throwing a young entrepreneur into the lap of a private bank and knowing mm. their smart marketing strategies, we can lose the entire account. Amazing. Mm. Now, next day I come in my morning meeting, I discuss mm. and we decided immediately mm. that we start car loan to begin with for our existing customers. Right. And we issued a circular giving credit for this suggestion to this young girl. Mm. So what happens that the chairman is not coming to field for some degree of pretended mm. authenticity, mm. but for real. Yeah. So likewise, we we got and and since then I say wisdom is in the field. Mm. Amazing. And it is very magnanimous of you to have done so, you know. But moving on. The other challenge that I have often seen in large organizations like Bank of Baroda is to build a diverse and inclusive workplace. How did you approach this aspect uh, as the CMD? Look here, diversity in public sector is built into the system. There is a reservation policy, first yes. of all. Hmm. So you get that, uh, uh, you know, that hmm. is one part. Second part is women. Hmm. Uh, when I was there, the women, of course, were there about 12 to 15 percent. Mm -hmm. But for reasons of career and other things, so what we had to do was developmental strategies for the reserved as well as women. Mm -hmm. For example, we groomed women for branch manager's position. We mm -hmm. groomed women in credit. Mm -hmm. We groomed uh, persons of, uh, you know, the reserved categories into you will be amazed to learn mm. that some of these people eventually became chairman of banks. Amazing. Mm. Fantastic. Fantastic. My next question sir, is how can leaders strike a balance between pursuing innovation and managing potential risk in a conservative industry like banking? Yeah. Very correct, because sometimes even after retirement, you are concerned about that X decision and you have to appear before investigating agency mm. why that decision was taken. Mm. I think mm. uh, in all leadership role, sorry, uh, in all leadership role, this kind of uh, this kind of this kind of risk is intertwined in the leadership roles. Mm -hmm. More in banking because there are financial decisions. Mm -hmm. 
I don't see much contradiction. In fact, I've always believed the leadership roles must have accountability. If you have, you are in a bank, it is public money that you are dealing with. Mm. And therefore, the greatest amount of uh, uh, due diligence, treating that money, your own money, yeah. you must dispense that money. Mm. So I really do not uh, see much contradiction. There are occasions when you feel it's mm. going too far. But that's it. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Can you also give me some uh, examples of leadership by example? I mean, you know, one classic was the 20 town halls that you did and the credit you gave to this young manager you had. But obviously, you were a big believer in leadership by example. How did this impact the organizational culture? The, the answer is in the question itself. Mm -hmm. You know, as Indians, in our great scriptures, this is embedded. Mm -hmm. In the chapter 3, verse 21 of Gita, mm -hmm. Yad yada charit shrestas tat tadev tarojana sayat pramanam kurute locus tadunu vartate. Five thousand years back, it is mentioned that whatever great man does, mm. other men follows. Right. When great man sets an example, mm. the others follow. Hmm. And we have made a jargon out of it, credibility and all that. And we have we sent people to foreign countries to receive training in all this. Hmm. Nothing wrong. What I'm trying to say is this is a gospel truth, whether it right. is America or Netherlands or New Zealand, that people follow leader. Oh, hmm. they hide behind the misconduct of leaders. Hmm. So therefore, it's very, very... Now, it... I don't want to indulge in a lot of self-talk. Mm -hmm. But I think I was always aware that thousand eyes always watch you. Mm. What you speak, what you talk, mm. how authentic you are. Mm. So just imagine that that girl who asked me a question, we implemented in the next 48 hours. Mm. Those are the kind of credibility uh, those are the kind of mm. things that leaders are not fake mm. they are genuinely trying to uh, understand then there are other aspects of your personal life mm. as to how you conduct yourself yeah. Mahatma Gandhi for example mm. is a classic example millions of leaders are condemned for not following what they say mm. Gandhi only lived the life well, he said, be the change what you want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So management by leading by example, mm. if, if you don't have to keep thousand books on leadership, if you Absolutely. ask me. Absolutely. Well said. But conversely, sir, what in your view are some of the common misconceptions about leadership? I would say three misconceptions. One is, that leadership resides only at the top. Right. I believe leadership is hierarchy neutral. Mm. I have seen so much of leadership qualities mm. in my subordinates three levels below. Huh. And some I, so sometimes I wonder how I wish I had this quality. It is hierarchy neutral. Mm. Second thing, it is believed that leaders are 
omnipotent mm. and omniscient. Mm. That they have all the wisdom and they are very powerful. Correct. This is good enough to spoil a leader. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, the third is that leaders have limitless power. Mm. I think these are misconceptions about leaders. Mm. Leadership is never, never a position. Leadership is a responsibility, Correct. as I said earlier. Right. So uh, these are myths, and leadership is sector neutral, mm. hierarchy neutral, sector neutral. Well said. Well said. So one more question related to leadership, sir, and then I want to move to your book. As you look back at your amazing journey with Bank of Baroda, is there a decision or initiative you took that you consider particularly pivotal in your leadership journey? I would say in the bank's journey, hmm. I'm not important. Okay. I would say some pivotal decisions hmm. which are important, strategic and critical in the journey of the bank. Mm. I, I would put it this way. Mm. And in that, I think the one of the major aspects why bank was facing turbulence at certain mm. point of time was mm. the industrial relations in the bank, that scenario, mm. where the entire authority and power was allowed to be captured mm. by the trade unions mm. and our transformation, technology, everything was stuck and stonewalled. Mm. That was the time, and with my background and PhD in industrial relations in the bank, mm. I used my research insights into turning around the tables. Mm. My research insights had revealed that while unions are seen very powerful by the bank and it surrenders to them, mm. the worker union connect is very poor. Even mm. workers are not happy about the power of their unions. Right. And this is where it started an intense human resource development programs for workers. Mm. I say workers are not the sole proprietary concerns of trade unions. Mm. Workers have to be owned and engaged by management. Mm. So we started some programs. More importantly, mm. a direct helpline to chairman. Imagine mm. 40,000 employees can reach out to me in life and death Amazing. problems. Yeah. And then solution guaranteed in 24 hours. More right. in my book, the details are given. Mm -hmm. And likewise, many programs, career-oriented programs, and without fighting and without indulging in any political this thing, mm -hmm. the unions found their place, the decks for transformation were cleared, mm -hmm. and rest is a history. And mm -hmm. I'm happy to say that even after 15 years of my uh, leaving the job, mm -hmm. the bank has continuously grown. Wonderful. That was uh, uh, one decision in the interest of the bank. Mm -hmm. And of course, carpet bombing of transformation, mm -hmm. where we didn't go in sequence, mm -hmm. because when people are, people should feel the need for change mm -hmm. and transformation. Mm -hmm. And then we undertook mammoth level of transformations, yes. customer centricity, technology, people. Mm -hmm. That's the story. How amazing. Thank you, sir. I'm going to now talk to you about your book, Dare to Lead. And before I ask you a question, I'm going to ask all our viewers and listeners to go and check out Dr. Anil K. Khandelwal's book, Dare to Lead. I will go and check it out and order my copy.
So my first question, sir, is what inspired you to write Dare to Lead? And what message do you hope readers will take away? Uh, and let me share with you that uh, before Dare to Lead, I had written five books. Oh, wow. Okay. I have always been uh, very much interested to write, read, and I was in the training and HRD for a very long time. Mm. So when uh, we were doing transformation, I think we got rather early recognition mm -hmm. on our transformation. Mm -hmm. We we got uh, Asia's highest award in banking, yeah. uh, in uh, Asian Banker Singapore, Economic yeah. Times, other places. So the story was unfolding. Mm. Uh, so much so that the uh, a professor, very well-known professor of Barton, Peter Capelli, wrote a small piece on, mm -hmm. on online. So and then came Professor Jujendra Tripathi, whom is a leading internationally known business historian, mm -hmm. who had earlier done 75 years of history of Bank of Baroda. Mm -hmm. So we invited him to write the 100-year-old history because wow. I completed 100 years, mm -hmm. Bank of Baroda's 100 years during my time. Mm -hmm. When Dr. Tripathi completed his project, mm -hmm. he told me, Dr. Khandelwan, you have a good story. Why don't you write a book? Mm. That was the trigger. I started thinking mm. about the book. And uh, post-retirement, I commenced writing. And uh, Dare to Lead came first in 2011. Mm. This is about the 12th reprint. Amazing. And, it, and uh, so that, that's how Dare to Lead came. Fantastic. So coming to some points from your book, how can leaders strike a balance between vulnerability and strength? Vulnerability to me is itself a strength. Yep, I agree. They are not oxymorons. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability itself is strength because if uh, you are not hiding your vulnerability, if mm -hmm. it is known to people, it is a strength in the sense that it builds trust. Mm -hmm. It builds authenticity. Mm -hmm. For example, I was very open in telling people that, look, I'm not a career banker. Mm. 25 years I have spent in human resources. Mm. And therefore, let us, there's a lot to learn from you people. Right. This world, this created a bridge of understanding mm. as to what I am good at and how you can help me building mm. this great bank. Mm. So I don't see that, yes, if you are if your vulnerability, you don't allow uh, it to express, and I don't mean in every context you have to express, but at mm. least with your people, the circumstances uh, 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 that, uh, that can help you, your vulnerability can help you. Mm. I think it's not a contradiction. Mm. I agree. I agree. And my next question says, how can leaders develop and maintain a growth-oriented mindset throughout their leadership journey, which you seem to have done? Learning. Mm. Learning and nothing else. Learning, learning, learning. Mm. I should share with you, even in the busiest time, I had a protocol of learning. I created magical 25th hour for my own learning. Amazing. Mm. And one. Second, that you, this learning is not reading magazines and reading Harvard Business Review. That's one part. Mm. This learning is you're finding a group of mentors where you go, share, and they give you. Uh, so in, in my case, I had a group of people who were from academics, 
some of the leading professors of IIM Ahmedabad, some mm. friends where we will share and they will give me insights as to why I'm feeling so, mm. what's happening. There'll be a few examples. So sometimes they will say, let it go. It's not that important. So I think this learning is, one is really, uh, 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 what, what you say, learning from the literature and other things. Mm. And second, most important, I although love reading on leadership and other, mm. I have always been reading a lot from literature mm. and lately from spiritual, this thing. Right. So, uh, you need to, leaders need to improve their converse of learning. Correct. Non-subject learning. Mm. Especially great people who have written. Mm. I, 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 I was reading Churchill on military leadership, for example. Mm -hmm. Amazing insight. Theodore Roosevelt. So, the point is, expanding your horizons of perspective building hmm. because learning helps you build perspective right and yeah. uh, finding right people to talk to very very interesting so sir i've got time for two more questions my next question is that how do you when you look into a crystal ball how do you see the landscape of leadership evolving in the next decade yeah so i see the world has become very, very, very complex. Correct. And this I realized last week or 10 days back, I was in San Francisco mm -hmm. and I really called a driverless car like yeah. a Uber. Mm -hmm. And half an hour ride I had, some 50 or 100 cars are there on experimental mm -hmm. basis. Yeah, And I was amazed and mm -hmm. I was thinking, what is the future in store? Absolutely. This is one example of that. Mm. But if you look at an industry today, mm. the the when I'm you and me are talking, hundred innovations in the world must be taking place right Correct. now. Correct. So therefore, one of the biggest, biggest challenge for leaders is to understand these complexities. Mm. And they can't handle all the complexities. Yeah. They are not gods. Mm. And prepare ground to induct people who can who can help solve complex problems in different areas, mm. especially digital technology, its use. The second challenge for leaders is to use collective intelligence of their people. Mm. Times have gone mm. that we had a hero leadership. That, oh, charismatic Superstar leader. leaders have disappeared. Superstar leaders, charismatic mm. leaders. Absolutely. So using collective intelligence mm. of people. Correct. And lastly, I would say, leaders will have to increasingly work towards improving the social system of the organization. Mm. Mm. You know, there is a socio-technical, organizations yes. are socio-technical systems. Mm -hmm. So technical part people can do, but the social system part, we are building culture. We are creating enabling environment. I think those are the challenges. Very interesting. Fascinating. And my last question to you, sir, and the back to the book again, how do you hope, or what do you hope will be the lasting legacy of Dare to Lead? And how do you envision it impacting leaders around the world in the years to come? My intense belief, which is vindicated, is that in order to create future organizations, mm -hmm. a stable and sustainable organization, mm -hmm. 
leaders will have to focus on building intangibles. Mm. And these intangibles are culture, leadership, human resource, governance, mm. technology, integrity, brand. Mm. I think leaders have pay, paid not as much attention as these issues deserve. Mm. We have had so much obsession thanks to market mm. that we must produce numbers. Mm. I think days of number crunching leaders are going to end Correct. very soon. Correct. We need organizations and we need leaders who can create stability mm. in their organization, very who well can said. capture the intelligence and leaders mm. who can match rate of change inside their organizations mm. to rate of change outside their organizations. Correct. This is a major challenge. Very well said. And on that note, sir, and you know, your, your three amazing myths, which I noted down, leadership is hierarchy and sector neutral. Leaders are not om omnipotent, nor are they omniscient. And leaders do not have limitless power. Thank you, sir, for speaking to me about your own amazing journey. Thank you for speaking to me about so many different aspects of leadership, which really catapulted Bank of Baroda under your leadership to right at the top of the banks, despite all your constraints of being a public sector bank. Thank you also for speaking to me, sir, about your book, Dare to Lead. I think it's been fantastic. Thank you, sir, and good luck. For giving me this opportunity. And also, I must say, yeah. Your questions have been very insightful, made me think. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.